What is going on, guys? Welcome to Real Men Talk. Today, we're going to be talking about Matthew chapter 6. We're going to be continuing the this uh, series on manhood on the mount. And uh, we're going to continue uh, the Sermon on the Mount, chapter 6. We're going to go through and uh, we're going to kind of show uh, from a man's point of view, today's point of view, and uh, we are excited. I'm here with Kyler, so let's get started on Real Men Talk. Welcome to Real Men Talk, discussing the tough issues facing men and their families every day. Here are your hosts. What's going on, guys? Anthony Corrette here. What's going on, Kyler? Hey, guys. What's up? All right. So we're going to continue this um, Sermon on the Mount, this Manhood on the Mount. Um, very creative name that came from uh, Kyler. And so uh, <laughs> it's good. It's good. I love it. I love it. So we've been, you know, uh, the first part of it, we talked about the Beatitudes uh, in Matthew chapter 5. And the second part of it, we, t- we finished chapter 5. And today we're going to try to make it through chapter six. And um, I, I'm so excited, you know, and, and I want to continue this theme of understanding that the the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus was using to change the culture. You know, I, I think that's vitally important as we read through this, that we we see and we look and we understand that Jesus, this is Jesus, wasn't just throwing stuff out there. This is completely counterculture to everything that was happening at that time, and um, and Jesus teaches is teaching them all, and also teaching us, which is amazing. By the way, the the way the Word of God works is that you know even though he he read this or he he had this sermon you know two thousand years ago, it is just as effective today and vitally important today as it was then. And, uh, and that's exciting. It's exciting it's to, uh, to study out and to understand. I love it. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And so, well, let's get, uh, let's get right on it. So, uh, Matthew chapter six, verses one through four, and I'm not going to read everything of it. We're going to, uh, we'll read some verses or whatnot, but, um, you know, he talks about giving, Jesus talk about giving verses one through six. And, if, and I'm going to let you know right now, if you've not read the Sermon on the Mount, if you've not read chapter six, um, you need to start, you need to just need to pause it right now, go through, read Matthew chapter six. It won't take you very long. If you've not listened to the last two episodes, you need to go back and listen to those because uh, it'll kind of give you context as to what we're talking about today. And so, um, you know, so I'm going to read Matthew chapter one or Matthew chapter six, first one it says, beware, beware of practicing your unrighteousness before the people in order to be seen by them. For then you will have no reward from your father who is in heaven. Um, and he talks about giving to the needy and all that good stuff, you know, and, and it's funny that, that he mentions this then, you know, and obviously there was something going on with the, the Pharisees and, and they like to, um, they, they like to make everything that they did a big show. They want to make sure that everybody understood that they were the most giving people and that they were, you, you know, they were the, um, uh, you, you know, they were so humble about themselves, which they weren't, um, you, you know, that they gave so much away and they were so, you know, and Jesus says they, they've, they've earned their reward right then and there. Well, you, you fast forward 2000 years ago, this same stuff is happening today. It, yeah. it aggravates the fire out of me when I turn on TikTok or something like that. And these people are recording, you know, giving, 
giving all this money away to this homeless person or what you know it's like guys you know you here you are you're exploiting giving to somebody who needs it for likes right well they're missing the point there's one tiktoker youtube shorts whichever one you watch he literally started out giving money to the homeless and then what he said was if i put that i gave them ten thousand dollars i'll get more views you right you've missed the whole point Mm-hmm. Like you've missed, you missed the whole thing of you just doing a good deed for somebody. And that's exactly what they were doing back in these times. They were doing it to showcase exactly what they could offer, what they had to offer. Instead right. of just offering themselves what God wants, they offer their material possessions like, oh, I have all this stuff and I can give all this stuff. Right. Yeah. And you know, and the thing is, I mean, Jesus is very clear here. Their reward is that they've gotten it. You know, all the likes that they've gotten, all that stuff, they've gotten it. And, um, and it's kind of, it's kind of sad. It's kind of sad really, because, because like you said, they're, they're missing the, the point. They don't, they're not doing it for, um, just to be giving out of their heart. Right. They're doing it to, 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 for popularity or for likes or, and really, so, I mean, if you, if you're looking at it like that, they're only giving stuff away to make money. Right. And that puts the great perspective on it. You said they're not doing it from their hearts. And if that's the importance of going back and listening to the first two podcasts is in chapter five, God deals with our hearts first. And he knows that we can't go on to Matthew chapter six and seven until we've got our hearts ready. And when we're doing this, we haven't ready. We haven't made it to the, to the righteousness of God that he starts talking about in, um, when he's listing off all of the beatitudes and we're going through, we need to make sure that we are, we are making sure that we have readied our hearts to create this relationship with God that he's trying to give us in Matthew chapter six. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. You know, and so, you, you know, it talks about, uh, verse three says, um, but don't, uh, I got to change this from King James version. I can't, you don't want to, when thou doest. No, I like, it drives me crazy. Um, sorry for anybody who's King James version person out there, but I can't do it. It says verse three says, but when you give to the poor, don't let your left hand know what your right hand's doing, you know. And and of course, this is the you know. Let's talk about giving in secret. That you know, um, he goes on in chapter four. So your giving will be in secret. The Father sees what is secret and will, will reward you. You know. And let's talk about you know. And because then it, when you're doing it in secret, you're not doing it for fame, right? Right. You're not doing it for for glory. You're doing it because the Lord, the love of the, of the Lord is in your heart, and you're trying to share that. You're trying to share what you have with somebody out of love and not out of popularity or, you know, or anything like that. And then you go down to chapters, uh, uh, verses five through eight and basically the same thing except for, except for prayer, right? You know, he's talking about, you know, don't, don't, uh, pray and, and use these big words. Don't babble like the Gentiles and, you know, and, and all that stuff, you, you know, which it's funny because. I wouldn't be in trouble for saying this, but, uh, you know, we go to a, um, a Pentecostal church and if you've ever been around a Pentecostal bunch, any at all, you'll find people say the holier you are. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And it drives me flipping nuts. You know, it's like, guys, really, you know, you'd be like, all right, Hey, so, so can you, can you open in prayer? And they'll spend 30 minutes saying a prayer. Yes. And it's like, you you know, I, I get it. You you know what I mean? I I love Jesus. I, I love Jesus on my heart. I do. I, I enjoy talking to Jesus, but there is no reason for a 30 minute open prayer. No. About 
nothing. Right. You, you know, and it, and it's and that's exactly what it is. It's like, guys, come on, you really, seriously, you're really not that holy. You know, you we we know, and we, know. we have to. But then when we get into that, it also comes to a different issue too. Is because especially if you're around a new Christian, that's that's what they're going to see as the template for prayer. Right. Is I have to say all these big words. I have to be able to quote 50 Bible verses in my prayer. I need to say thou 15 times. Mm-hmm. I mean, there was one Father God, Father. Okay, listen. <laughs> side side note. I was asked to pray one Sunday to stall service for a second because our media had to reset the back screen and we didn't have any words. So I was praying up there and I said, God, like 15 times or dear God or our God. And they quoted me 15 different times. My wife goes, how many gods can you put in a prayer? I'm like, have you ever tried to stall and pray? No, but besides the point going back to it, but that's what new Christians, we have to live our lives almost as if we're always under the scrutiny, right? We have to live in our lives as we are always trying to raise the next generation of Christians. And yes. Not young Christians all the time, or not, I shouldn't say younger age Christians all the time. That's just young Christians, people who are new to the faith. And we have to make sure that we are always checking ourselves that we're doing things for the right reasons. Yes. And that brings us back to when, when God says to do these things in secret, it doesn't necessarily mean, Oh, I can only play and pray in private. Right. It means that God knows our hearts. God knows us. And if we do things in secret, quote unquote, mm-hmm. God knows everything in secret. There is nothing that God does not know. He knows what you're going to pray before you pray it. But when you do it just for him is what he's getting at is you're doing it for my, not my reward, but my what satisfaction. We're doing it for the, yes, the appeal of God, not the appeal of man. That's right. And that's what he's trying to get two in these two different in these verses right here right and that's that's what's so so vitally important you know it's not and we give people a hard time about it you know like when we were you were talking about the, your your prayer god we used to have this guy and i won't mention his name because he still lives in the area but um it was steve i'm just kidding no it wasn't <laughs> steve but um he used to say father god and it was a game like we would we would count how many times he would say father god mm-hmm. and, I, and i'm not i kid you not like every time it was at least 20 you, you know, and I, I was like, it, bro, you know, and, and but anyways, you know, we, we, we joke around like that. And, uh, but se- seriously, he, you know, and he, he, his heart was probably sometimes, sometimes it was, it was in the right place. Right. Um, you, you know, but, and that, but that's what it's all about is, you know, like you said, it's not about, you, you know, praying in secret. It's not about, uh, I mean, we do need to pray in secret. But, it, you know, it doesn't mean that you can't pray out loud. Right. It, you know, it, it means when you are praying out loud, you're praying for a, a reason. You're praying to him. There, there's a purpose in it. And it's not to glorify yourself with how good you can sound. Right. You know, um, you, you know, it's kind of like um, uh, First Corinthians chapter 13, you know, the love chapter. It talks about, you know, it doesn't matter how much uh, the, the clanging symbols, symbols and different things. Like if there's no love in it, then it's it's for nothing. You know, in your prayer and your giving is basically the same thing. You know, if you can give all this money away and you can have all these lavish prayers, but you you have no love in your heart, then it, it doesn't it doesn't mean anything. Exactly, it doesn't mean anything. Well, and it go, reminds me of the story where the this man goes up to Jesus and in his ministry and he asks, he said, "God, I have all these things. I've done all this stuff. I have like all these treasures, and I give to the poor, and I give to the needy, and I do all this stuff." And he goes, but what's it going to take for me to get to heaven? And he goes, go home and sell everything you got. 
Right. And there he's, he's telling us that nothing in this world means as much as our relationship with God. Right. And that's what we have to remember is all of our money, all of our wealth and how man, man sees us means nothing if we don't have the affirmation of God behind it. If we don't have God as the ultimate tool that we're looking to, if we don't have God as the driver, right. if we are not asking for him to prepare the way for us, if we are not asking for God to fulfill us, if we're letting those earthly desires fulfill us, and that's what they were doing during that time was they were letting everything on earth fill them, fill their ministries, all of the the uh, different um ministers inside type of this inside of the synagogues they were trying to just see get men to see that they are the ultimate mm-hmm. person in the church they're the ultimate leader of the church and that and that's what they were trying to get to and it wasn't working right and then you know you go through verses uh 9 through 13 and um i love it is you know of course we know it is the lord's prayer and he said uh jesus says you, you therefore you should pray like this it says our father in heaven your name be honored as holy. This is the CSB version. Um, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also forgive our debtors. And do not bring us into under into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For it is for if you forgive others their offenses, your heavenly father will forgive you as well. Um, oh, sorry. That was, I passed it up, my bad. Um, anyways, amen. Um, but, <laughs> amen. Yeah, so 9 through 13, I got carried away there. Um, but, you know, Jesus shows us, a, he gives us a template on how to pray. You, and if you notice, everything in there is purpose. Yes. Everything in it is purpose. There's no, there's no idle words in it. You know, and the very first, I don't know if you've ever done a study on, on the, the Lord's Prayer. Um, I, it, I would encourage you guys that as listeners, if you haven't, you should, um, you know, but if you notice the very first thing that, that Jesus does is he brings honor to the father in heaven, very right off the bat there, there it, it wasn't, Oh God, I'm, I'm going through a hard time today and I, I, I need your help. No, it's, it's, let me honor you. Yes. You know, let's bring glory to to who who where glory glory belongs, and that's to the Father in heaven. You know, and um, you know, as a matter of fact, half basically half of it is is honoring God. You know, our Father in heaven, your name be honored as holy. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. You know, and it's the rest of it is all you know. Okay, so you you know after we've given honor. After we've thanked him, after we've you know told him how great he is, then it's then it's you know okay, give us today our daily bread, you know minister to us. You know a lot of times we like to talk about that as bread. It's not necessarily bread. It is it is the bread of life. You know it's it you know feed us spiritually, right? Right. Um. You know, and then he goes into you know the debts and debtors and the temptation and stuff like that, and so. You know, Jesus, he gives us a template, and I love that about this Lord's Prayer, um, because it doesn't just leave you empty, right, or um, wondering how to pray. Jesus is like, hey, let me let me show you. Let me tell you exactly um, a, a template right. of, of 
what you need to say, you you know, or or a guideline of how you how you should pray. Yes, want to get especially in that prayer it gives everything back to God. I mean, like you were saying as you broke down the verses, we we proclaim that He is holy first, that He is worthy, He is the the ultimate ruler. But then it also reminds us that we have to make sure that we are putting our trust and our will and submitting back to God's will. And he, and it's super simple. He doesn't add in any extras. He doesn't add in anything else. He gets straight to the point. Mm-hmm. And that's what God wants. He wants us to be specific when we pray. And that goes back to what Anthony was saying about adding in all the extras, thou's and God's and everything else just to fluff up our prayers because we think our words have power, but they also bring life and death as well. And when we're praying, we have to make sure that we are praying specifically. We're not praying just for the adoration of other people. We're not praying. That's why when he goes, he focuses so much on prayer here. I mean, that's the first 14 verses of this chapter, and it's not a super long chapter. I mean, it's about half of it. Right. Um, he focuses just on praying and what we need to be doing in secret. And it's it shows the importance of our prayers, the importance, because that's how we go to battle. That's how we... That's how we fight because, I mean, he even talks about in our temptation, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil because that's what's going to help us strive. But he talks about every, he hits every single thing. He sets at the very beginning, he sets God apart from anything else. And then he goes into, we have to put all of our trust back in God, that he is going to give us all of our physical needs. And then we have to make sure that we forgive because we have to come with a ready heart when we pray. We can't come with hatred. We can't come with pent up aggression. We can't come. We have to come to God with a pure heart because mm-hmm. we have to deal with ourselves first. And that's a lot of times we forget that. We forget that when we pray that God knows everything. We have to give everything to God. And if you have anger inside of your heart or if you have something that you've not given to God, he He wants that right then and there. He says, hey, I can, I can help you with everything you're asking, but I need you to give me everything. Mm-hmm. And then he goes into um, that the truth is that we must then forgive everybody else too. That's right. And we have to make sure that we are, um, he, he points out as we have forgiven our debtors. He, he hasn't, I'm going to forgive you, but I need you to forgive them too. And we have to make sure that that goes back to that ready heart I was talking about. We have to make sure they give a ready heart. And then he says, um, but if you do, f- do not forgive others of their trespasses, neither will your father forgive you of your trespasses in verse 14. Mm-hmm. And we have to make sure that we can release. And that goes back to giving it to God. We have to, and I feel like that's a lot of this purpose is making sure that we are just in our prayers, we're giving it to God, we're turning over, we're submitting our will to God's will. Right. And I love how how Jesus reiterated. So so he gave the Lord's Prayer, right? So you got verses 6 through 13, and then verse 14, notice he goes right back to 12. Right. You know, for if you give, for, uh, for if you forgive others, they're, offenses then your heavenly father will forgive you as well but if you do not forgive others your father will not forgive your offenses you know and so he talks about the importance of forgiveness yes and uh and you see how vitally important this is and and i love and again this deals with the heart just as much as as chapter five does you know because you, you know because it's all the intent of the heart you know, and again, we go back to, you know, Jesus is trying to change the culture. Yes. You know, we need to understand that as we read this, you know, Jesus is given a template for, for them to understand how to pray, you know, and, and how to give and, and, and all these different things and to forgive because 
that's not the way it was then. Nope. You know, the, and, and it's a, it is a heart issue. And the heart had created that culture. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You know, and, and not dealing with the heart issues created this culture. And just like today, we have this culture of unforgiveness. Of people, people who do not, who you talk about people who hold grudges. There ain't nobody who can hold a grudge like somebody sits inside the daggum church. Yes, you know it is. It is sad. Mm-hmm. It is sad. You know, and uh, and Jesus is like, hey, you if you can't forgive people, you ain't gonna get forgiven. You know, and we, we like to tote around like we're holier than thou. And it's like, guys, what are you what are you doing? What are you doing? You know, and um, and so I'm not going to drag that out any longer. But uh, so what we're going to do is we're going to go. Uh, we're going to take a little break. We're going to come back. We're going to finish uh, chapter six. We'll be right back after this. This portion of Real Men Talk is brought to you by the Jewelers Bench. They are a full service jewelry store offering many styles of gold, silver, diamonds, and gemstones. And all jewelry repair is done in house so you can get your treasured pieces back as soon as possible. They are also a licensed citizen watch dealer. Make sure to visit them today at 1353 Northwestwood or call 573 686 1522. Call or stop in and thank them for bringing you Real Men Talk. If you want to join in the conversation, join us on Thursday nights at 6.30 p.m. We gather with other like-minded Christian brothers to discuss hard-hitting topics that affect men on a daily basis and use a biblical approach to overcome common strongholds that affect our families. We show men the importance of being the spiritual leader of their home and what it means to be a real man in the eyes of Christ. Join us at the Palace of Praise, located at 1400 Herschel Best Boulevard in Poplar Bluff, Missouri. We meet in room 400 every Thursday. Come be a part of the discussion. Dr. Shami, I come seeking your wisdom. My wisdom is this. It doesn't matter what you believe as long as you are sincere in your belief. Oh, you are so wise. Yes. Now, why are you carrying a two-by-four? Oh, I'm a member of the Religious Woodbonkers, and we believe that if you hit a person on the side of the head with this holy two-by-four, they will feel nothing but pleasure and go immediately to heaven. You believe that? You said believing is all that matters. Yes, I did say that. In fact, let me send you to heaven. Hold on! You're not supposed to duck. Wait a minute. There are physical laws. Quit! And one of those laws is that if you hit a person on the head with a two-by-four, they will experience a lot of pain. Wait, if there are physical laws to obey, then there must be spiritual laws to obey. Now, I didn't say that. Which means I may have to be concerned about truth. I may even have to examine if Jesus was who he claimed to be, which means reading the Bible. Well, now, let's not get rash. Another message from Lifeline Productions, the comic strip of radio at lifelinepro.com. This portion of The Real Men Talk is brought to you by R.L. Persons Construction. For over 29 years, they have been a regional leader completing projects that include private, municipal, state, and federal agencies of all types. From mass grading, utilities, concrete of all types, to buildings both conventional and pre-engineered steel. 
you can expect excellence in all aspects of their finished work. Contact them today at 573-686-1323 and let them know you appreciate them bringing you Real Men Talk. If you have a question about this week's show, please drop us an email to realmen at palaceofpraise.com. We would love to hear from you. And now back to the show with Anthony and Kyler. All right, guys, we're back. We're we're continuing our study over Matthew chapter 6. And we talked at the beginning of the podcast, we started talking about the first 14 verses, chapter 6, talking about prayer and how to make sure that we're not doing things for the show of things, that we're doing things um, for the glory of God, to get his, um, I, don't, I guess, stamp of approval on things is what I guess I'm trying to say. We want to make sure that we're doing it with the satisfaction that we want to make sure that God uh, is the meaning behind it and not our flesh. And that, that it's hard. And one of the things that the next part talks about is fasting. And I, what, that's one of those things that's hard for me um, because fasting, uh, we, at the very beginning of every year, the, our pastor in our church kind of puts on the Daniel fast and they go through and they, you know, they got the 21 days, I think is what it is. Mm-hmm. And you can only do certain things. You're going to eat certain things on this fast. And this year was one of those things that I, I didn't feel like I needed to do the Daniel fast. It was one of those things that I, I feel like I needed to fast something else. And, but what sometimes people turn it into, and it goes back to that secrecy thing. It is, they've taken the fast, like, oh, I'm fasting today. I can't eat. Well, well, then why are you fasting? Oh, well, I'm fasting for this. And we, we take the whole purpose and that fasting time is to, is to turn our gaze back on God. Mm -hmm. And that's the whole point is to make sure that when we are fasting, we are, we are reunifying ourselves with God. And it says that when you fast, do not look like gloomy, look gloomy like hypocrites for they disfigure their faces that their fasting may be seen by others. And truly I say to you, they have received their reward. And if you, you will notice that they, you will see that many times. Truly I say to you, they have received their reward. And just use that as a reminder that every single time that you get man's approval, that's your reward. That's it. You are not getting God's approval after that because you didn't do it for the right reasons. You did it because you wanted to seek man's approval. Uh-huh. And then it says, but when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face that your fasting may not be seen by others, but by your father who is in secret and your father who sees in secret will reward you. Uh-huh. And it's not the fact that we have to, no one can know that we're fasting, you know, cause there right. are sometimes like if it's a husband and wife and they're fasting together, obviously you're going to know, or if your family does or like our church, everybody knows that the church is doing Daniel fast. It's not to keep it secret, but it's to make sure that you're doing it for the right reasons. You are retaking your heart and giving your heart back to God and making sure that we are, we are pretty much stripping ourselves of our, our fleshly desires and re- putting them back with our spiritual desires. Yeah. And I think a lot of times people misunderstand fasting, you know, cause you'll ask people, you know, why are you fasting? Well, I'm fasting, you know, like you said for, for this, for something specific, I'm fasting because I, I need, a miracle or I'm fasting because I need this much money or I'm fasting because I want to know if I should take this job or not. I'm fast. You know, and it's like, guys, I, I think you kind of misunderstand the purpose of fasting. Fasting is not to get, it's not a, uh, um, uh, a pill to, to, to just give you all you want. Right. It's, it's not, it's not like a, this, the, like rub it, a, a genie lamp, you know, whatever. So if I fast, then I'm going to get whatever I want. Right. It's not the way it works. The whole purpose of fasting, the reason why it's just, if you notice the equation, 
the the equation between how to fast versus prayer and and giving, right? So you're aligning yourself with the will of the Lord. Yes. Right? So it's not about to, what you can get out of it. It's about humbling yourself and denying yourself to become closer to Jesus. Right. Right? And so many times people are are doing it for X, Y, Z, um, you know, this, this, and this, or, or whatever. And, you know, it's like, guys, you, you're missing the point. You're missing the point. Just like, you know, given hey, given um, in front of a bunch of people, you know, you get a bunch of likes. You're, you're giving for the wrong reason. You're yes. praying for the wrong reason. You're fasting for the wrong reason. You know, and it's all about the relationship between you and God. Right. And you have to make sure that when you go into a fast, like, so for, you know, Catholics do Lent and they will fast something. Mm-hmm. fast one thing or another but we have to make sure that even when they're fasting they oftentimes they will just give us something easy like i'm gonna fast sugar because i'm going to go on a diet anyways right it's not the right reasons to fast right the reason that you are fasting that you're giving up something is to make sure that you are putting in that place what god wants you to put in that place you're realigning yourselves with god and if you go into a fast and you don't put god into those moments so like when i fast okay I, or I usually try to fast breakfast or something that I know that I can give that back to God, that time back to God. So then what time I would spend eating breakfast or time that I would spend praying breakfast, I then go into a devotion and I study a little bit harder and I say, okay, Lord, this is the time I'd be doing this. I want to give that time back to you. And it's not like I do this every single day. It's not like I do this for months at a time. I, I pray, Lord, how long do I need to do this? Or I'll just do it until I feel like I need to. Mm-hmm. And so, but we have to make sure that when we go into it, that we are not just taking something away because we feel like we need to, that we are going into a fast because it's something that we, we want to do. We need to realign ourselves. And oftentimes, like I, I use Lent, we can't just give up things because we feel like we have to. We can't right. just do a Daniel fast because the church is doing the Daniel fast. We can't go into different fasts and give up things because everybody else is doing it. Mm-hmm. You have to make sure that you're doing it because you know that there's a need and you need that need you need that fulfilled by god right you know and again i want to I reiterate that you know jesus is is telling this that this sermon on the mount is to change the culture you know and you see after he deals with all these things he continues this this relationship between you and god with our possessions yes right you know don't store up your yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust can destroy and where thieves can break in but store up yourselves treasures in heaven where where neither moth nor rust destroy, and where thieves thieves don't break in. For where your treasure is, catch this, there your heart is also. If you notice, it's still a heart issue. It's still a cultural issue at the the heart. Because if you want to change a culture, you have to be able to change a heart, right? Right. that's, that's That's where it's at. People have got to be able to want to change. And you see Jesus continuing to 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 tr- drive the the change in this culture, and uh, you know, and it goes on. Sometimes people's possessions is just like praying out in front of people and giving to so people could see you. you. You know, they want to be. You know, what's the term? Keep it up with the Joneses. Yep. You, you know, you you want to be able. You want to have the nicest things so people understand. You know that you're important. Or you have a lot of money, or you look nice, or you know, it's like guys, you guys are missing the entire point. 
you know, and don't get me wrong, I'm not I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with having nice things. Right. You know, there's nothing wrong with living in a, in, a, in a nice house. There's nothing wrong with driving nice vehicles. You know, as long as you're living inside your means and you're not you, you're not overstretching yourself and you're not it, it's not taking place of your relationship with Jesus Christ. Right? You're not you're not so so focused on all the things that you can get so you can get the approval of man. Right. So here here's the same the same idea. Right. The same idea between the prayer, the giving, the fasting, you know, that they, you can get the approval of man. But to have those things so you can further the kingdom of God. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Changing the culture, changing the culture, you know, and then he goes down and he says um, the eye is the lamp of the body. If your eye is healthy, your whole body is full of light. Now, there's somebody out there. I'm telling you right now needs to needs to hear this. You you know you want to talk about uh, keeping your eye the um, healthy. You know it's tough today. You know between what we watch on TV, pornography, and all these different things. You know, and I think sometimes it's because people don't understand what you see and what you hear feeds your soul. Yes, right. And Jesus understood this. Jesus understood this. He said, but if your eye is bad, the whole body is full of darkness. So if the light within you, if so, if the light within you is darkness, how deep is that darkness? No one can serve two masters since either he will hate one and love the other, or he will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Okay, so you can see it, God is is dealing with again the culture, and I keep reiterating this because I want people to understand. Just as Jesus is trying to change the culture, then we as men should be striving to change the culture today. Yes, Jesus gave us a template. These things that Jesus is talking about in this Sermon on the Mount is so vitally important to even today. We have to understand that what we see, what we hear, the way that we give, the our thought process, uh, 2 Corinthians 10, 4 and 5 says, bring every thought underneath the captivity of Jesus Christ, right? Yes. You know, and so what you are doing with your body, what you are doing in, in you may not be, you know, intentionally like telling everybody, hey, I want to do this so that. I can get a bunch of likes, but you're still doing it to get a bunch of likes, right? And so in doing this, you are you are giving in the wrong manner. It is still a culture issue today. Yes. And we have to make sure um, on these last verses, it's talking about our issues of purity, the purity of our heart. We have to remember that our Lord, he, he demands a full and exclusive commitment to him. You can't serve two masters, as it says. You can't want to lay up all your treasures in earth and also lay up your treasures in heaven. He wants you fully and completely as his own. Mm-hmm. He's a jealous God. And a pastor the other day was talking about this. And when we think of jealous, we think of somebody, you know, who has like almost like ill intentions sometimes. And, but he pointed out, he goes, he's a jealous God, not to that fact, but he's a jealous God where he's not going to put up with you serving two different ones. Right. He's he's willing to give you his all. However, you have to give him his all. Right. He's going to give you everything that he's got, but he's not going to accept anything less from you. 
Right. He's always there. He's always going to provide for you. He's always going to give to you the best that he's got, which is, I mean, far better than anything that we can even imagine. However, he wants a full and exclusive commitment to him. And a lot of us are scared. We are scared to give everything up to him. We are scared to lay up all of our treasures in heaven because we can't see heaven. We're afraid of what we can't see, what we can't know. There's this um, song that Brandon Lake does and it says, don't give up on me. Um, And it talks about how God is always there, but we just can't see him. Right. He's working behind the scenes for the betterment of us, for the good of us. But what we're scared of is the things that we can't see. We can't, we don't want to put our something, our trust fully in something that we can't see. But if we look and we just pause for just a second and we shift our focus, we will be able to see God. We will be able to see what he is doing, how he is working for us. Because when we change what, how we see things, when we change the master that we serve, we then start to see the intentions of God. We start to see, we have that, we realign with our focus again. Right. When it talks about the eye is a lamp of the body. So if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. And that light is God. Your body will be full of his Holy Spirit and you will get to see how he is working, how he is making things happen for you. He is bringing his children back to himself and there won't be. And says that if, if then the light in you is darkness, how great is the darkness? You put in your body exactly what you want. And if you want the light of God, he'll put it in there. But if you decide that that's not for you, then it will fill with darkness, the darkness of this world. And we have to make sure that we are serving God to get that light. That's right. You know, he talks about serving two masters. I I like the hyperlink between this and Saul. So King Saul, whenever, you know, God, I can't remember where he was going into, but God told him to kill everybody. And you see Saul bringing back all these animals and all, you know, and all these treasures and and stuff. And God's by God, basically, you know, he's like, what are you doing? And uh, Saul's like, oh, I was going to bring all this stuff back to, to sacrifice to you, you know, and God's like, God told him, he said, obedience is better than sacrifice, mm-hmm. you know, and, and so you see this because it was the intent of his heart. Yes. Right. And he said that he was, he was doing it for God. Of course, God knows the intention of our hearts. You know, you can either serve God or you can serve yourself, you know, which ultimately is, is the enemy because, you know, he pride being the original sin because that's what that is when you serve yourself it's pride and and that's that that's it you will either serve god or you you will serve yourself you'll serve the enemy you'll serve pride and that's you kind of see that whole thing in that pride in the heart that jesus is trying to address in this culture you know of giving for for men's pride and praying for men's uh, approval and you know fasting for men's approval and you, you know and, and your treasures for for men's approval you know th- these people they were serving self they were serving pride you know, and Jesus again again I'm going to say it again trying to change the culture to where you have to understand it, you cannot serve pride and God at the same time right you either have to serve God you either have to to quote unquote sacrifice right which Saul was doing that for himself right yes or obedience to God yeah and Jesus and God told him obedience is better than sacrifice exactly David Guzak I think I said that right Guzak Mm -hmm. or whatever um, he did a study over Matthew chapter 6 and one of his notes he said in 1992 people were asked how much money they would have to have to make 
to have the American dream. He said that those who earn 25000 or less a year thought they would need around 54000 to be happy. Those in the 100000 annual income bracket said they would need that they could buy the dream for an average of $192,000 a year. He then goes to say these figures indicate that we typically think that we have to have double our income in order to find a good life. Mm-hmm. When we lay up our treasures in heaven or in, on earth, we are never satisfied. We are never going to be fulfilled. You always see those people who you're like, oh my gosh, they have so much, but then they always want more. Always want more. Because we're chasing a dream that's not going to ever bring us fulfillment. Right. We have to make sure that we are, we have to remember that we are just stewards. We are just holding. Yes. Yes. What God gives us. And we have to, that's our time. That's our money. That's our, our everything. I mean, whatever we are given, God has given us to be stewards of. And what he says to those who are good stewards of it, he'll give more. To those who are not, he's not going to give you more. You have to be faithful in what he's given you. And that all ties into this laying up yourself for your treasures on earth. You have to be stewards of what God gives you now. You can't just always try to find the next best thing. Right. Yeah. And I love how he goes to, um, um, right into, you, you know, don't worry about your life. You, you know, so he, he addresses this, this, uh, thing about pride, you know, where we, we want to gather up everything. We want to, you, you know, we want the best for ourselves and we want to take it, you know, and he's like, don't, don't worry about it. Don't worry about what you're going to, 25 says, don't worry about what you're, you'll eat or what you'll drink. Um, or about your body or whatever, or what you will wear, isn't, isn't life more than food and body more than clothing, right? He, and then he says, consider the birds of the sky. He said, they, they don't, they don't go around worrying about where they're going to stay or, or, or anything like, or what they're going to eat. The heavenly father feeds them. And I'm, I'm paraphrasing, you know, and he said, and, and then Charlie 27, he said, can you add one moment of your life by worrying? I, to, the, these these things hit home today, right? Today, just as much as they did then, and you know, he said, "Why worry about your clothes? Observe the the, the wildflowers of the field." And he said, "They don't labor or spin thread." Um, but I tell you, not even Solomon in all of his splendor was uh, adorned like one of these. You know, and you see the creation of God, and you see these these things. Well, we talk about, you know, doing everything in secret. We talk about giving all of our obedience to Jesus uh, uh, and, and giving our lives over to God and, and surrender ourselves over there. But it's not like if we do that, he's going to leave us just poor, desolate, you know, beaten up on the side of the road. Like that's that's not his, his plan for us. And don't get me wrong, I'm not preaching a prosperity gospel. That's not what I'm saying. But I'm saying he will give you what you need. Yes. Right. Oftentimes we, we get what we want. Right. Right. He will give us what we need. Yeah. And sometimes that's not always what we want. Exactly. Right. But he will, he will take care of us. It is not, it's not a, uh, um, it's not the, this thing. He, I was telling somebody the other day, you know, we were, we were talking about, uh, tithing and, um, you, you know, and, and I, you hear people all the time. I can't, I can't afford a tithe. I can't afford a tithe. And, and I was telling him, I was like, dude, I said, I'm gonna be real honest with you. I was like, I've come to the point now in my life that I don't, I don't pay my bills. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And, and my bills are paid. Don't get me wrong. But my, my point in saying that is 
God takes care of takes care of it. You know, therefore, why why I can't afford not to pay my tithes? Yes, right. So you, you know, because it's His anyways. The money that I make, He provides for me. Yes, I have to do my part. I have to get out and do something, right? I have to get out and work and or whatnot. But in the end, God provides for me. If I was flipping burgers at McDonald's, right? And that's what God wanted me to do. He would provide everything else that I needed. Exactly. If he told me to sell everything that I had, which I hope he doesn't, Jesus, please don't. Um, if he if he told me to sell everything that I had, he would still take care of me. Yes. He would if he told me to quit my job tomorrow, he would take care of my bills. It is not me that pays my bills. It is God. He provides those things. You know, and it, and I love this, you know, the little tagline in the CSB version, it says the cure for anxiety. People worry so much today about everything. It says, can anyone add one moment uh, to his lifespan by worrying? You know, and it's like, guys, this is um, this is something that, that we all need to understand today. You know, d- don't worry saying, what will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? For the Gentiles eagerly seek these things and your heavenly father knows that you need them. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be provided for you. Therefore, don't worry about tomorrow because tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. You know, and what he's doing, you know, he's he, he set this, you can see this pattern in this thing. You know, he's he's talking about pride, right? He's talking about pride because we we like to take up pride. We like to t- to take matters into our own hands, right? Because we can we can control that. We like to control that. We like to control what people see uh, from us. We like to control what people hear from us. We like to control how much money that we have. And God's like, stop it. Seek ye first the kingdom of God, right? He's trying to change the culture. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be provided for you. Don't worry. And now that doesn't mean that you're going to be walking around, you, you know, in the best clothes and you'll be driving a Bentley and living in a million dollar home. That, that's not what that means. Right. He will provide for you what you need. And don't get me wrong. There are people who, who live that way. If God's provided for whatever, you, you know, that's, that's the way it is. But we worry about so much and God's like stop it I've got you yes in Psalm 84 11 it says for the Lord God is a sun and a shield the Lord bestows favor and honor no good thing does he withhold from those whose walk is blameless and it's a reminder that and it ties in with these verses because it's a reminder that as long as we are working in the will of God as long as we are not working within ourselves God is going to provide everything and he's not going to hold any good thing from us that's right it reminds us of that check that am I walking God's path or am I walking my path? Because when things get hard, we need to check those things because it's not God making bad things happen to us. A lot of the times, and Pastor Randy talked about this Sunday night, was that a lot of the times we are putting it on ourselves. We're allowing those temptations to come and we're allowing our vision to be skewed. And you were talking about tithing last October, uh, my cop, my car got compromised and we have our ties automatically taken out because like you said we can't afford not to tie it mm-hmm. and we found out just how true that was and that 
month because in October, um, our ties didn't come out for my paycheck because my card got compromised and, you know, everything's on automatic draft now. So I forget what I need to change over. But money was so tight that month. I mean, it was like we overdrew a couple of times and Lacey was like, we're not overspending. Why? What is happening? And I said, I have no idea. And so I went back and I realized that next month I was like, oh, I need to change over our tithing and everything else. And so I looked back and I was like, Lacey, it never came out in October. And she was like, oh, that's why we, it money was so tight because we didn't give God our first fruits. Our, our money, our favor was not aligned to God. And it wasn't, he didn't punish us. He wasn't telling us to that, Hey, you didn't give me this money. So now you have to suffer. Right. No, that wasn't him. He was just putting us back on the right track. He was realigning us, giving us that subtle hand of saying, Hey, just, just so you know, we need to make sure that we're aligning to my will still. And so he put us back on in that next month. There wasn't more money coming in. It was the same amount of money, but we had realigned to God's favor. We had realigned to what God was there and he didn't hold any good things because they were going to the holiday season and we had the extra, but we have to make sure that as we are giving, as we are, are making sure that we are continuing, that we are aligning ourselves and allowing God to provide for what we need. And we have to make sure that we are defining a need, how God defines need. We have to make sure that our wants aren't being skewed over as a need either. Right. Absolutely. And I think sometimes people forget that, you know, the the whole thing about tithing, the whole thing about obedience, there are blessings that come with that, that are, that are given in that. And when you, when you're used to those blessings, because you live in those, right? Right. When you don't have them, they hurt, right? You know, kind of like what you were talking about, you know, it's God wasn't punishing you. There are blessings that come with obedience. Yes. You, you know, and, and people, people are like, man, I don't, you know, I can't, I can't afford a tithe or, you, you know, I know I should really get into ministry, but you, you know, I just don't have time, you know, and it's like, guys, you guys don't understand. We, we had your, how do I, how do I want to say this? The things you do for the Lord, the Lord blesses you for, right? When you're living in obedience versus sacrifice, that obedience comes with blessings. So don't worry about it. The blessings of the Lord, you, you know, it says his mercies are new every day, Right. And so don't, don't worry about it. Let God take what he wants to give you. He wants to bless you with, he wants to get to provide for you. He wants to, and again, don't get me wrong. I am not preaching a prosperity gospel. This is not, you know, I'm not going to, I'm not saying that, oh, if you do everything right, you're going to end up driving, you know, whatever you're going to get everything that you want. That's not the way this works. You know, even Jesus learned through through pain and through sacrifice and through, you know, hardships, we, we also have to do the same thing. Yes. Um, but you know, I, I hope, I hope, and I pray that, that this is, this has been beneficial for somebody that, uh, you guys will continue to study on your own. I wish we could fit so much more in here. Maybe we, maybe we should have broke it up in a couple of different podcasts, but, um, we've got a lot of stuff coming up. We've got a lot of stuff going on. And um, I'm excited for for what God has is doing with this podcast. And let me tell you something: um, over the last couple of days, God has revealed so much. And I want to I want to I want to spill it all out there to everybody, but I can't yet. And um, God is is doing so much. Um, I, I hope that you enjoy 
this podcast. If you like it, please share it with others. Let other people know um, about Real Men Talk. There are people all over the place that that are coming out of the woodworks that that we find out that are that are listening to um, to the podcast that God has 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 guided them to it. You know, and and I want to give God all the glory and all the praise. This is not Kyler and I. This is not Steve. This is God. God is driving this thing, yes. and uh, we are humbled by what God is doing with this this podcast. We are excited that God would even consider using us for something like this, and. Uh, we hope that you share it. We hope that you, you, you know, you like it. Listen, it, it, no matter what platform you listen to on it, you know, Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts, you know, uh, Cascom, whatever it is, give us a rate, give us a rating, like it, share it. The The more it's, the more it's liked, the more it's shared, the higher the rating is, the more it's accessible to other people, um, just, just in general. So, um, uh, if you need to reach us, you reach us at realmen at palaceofbrace.com. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Um, listen, we would love to hear from you. If you were if you were listening to this podcast and you're like, ah, I don't I don't know, we would love to hear from you. Email us. You know, if you can't find us on Facebook or whatever, email us at um, realmen at palaceofbrace.com. We would love to hear from you. Um, and as always, I want to enter prayer. Holy Spirit, guide us to be leaders of our homes, of our communities, and of our churches, and teach us to be godly, courageous men. In Jesus' name, amen. You've been listening to Real Men Talk, brought to you by Palace of Praise Church in Poplar Bluff, Missouri. If you would like to get in touch with us, shoot us an email, realmenatpalaceofpraise.com, or visit our website at palaceofpraise.com. If you're a man age 16 and up and would like to be a part of the conversation, join us at the Palace of Praise every Thursday night at 6.30 p.m. If you don't have a home church, consider joining us for worship on Sundays at 10.30 a.m. and 6 p.m. Palace of Praise is located at 1400 Herschel Best Boulevard in Poplar Bluff, Missouri. New episodes of Real Men Talk drop every Thursday at 5 p.m. You can find us at iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Anchor.fm, Amazon, and more. Real Men Talk is a production of Palace Media Service. Real Men Talk has been brought to you this week by RLP Construction in Poplar Bluff, Missouri. For commercial contracting of all types, see RLP Construction today. And by the Jewelers Bench in Poplar Bluff. They are your one-stop shop for all your fine jewelry needs. They also do in-house repair and are your citizen watch dealer. Make sure to thank our sponsors for bringing you Real Men Talk. If you want to join in the conversation, join us on Thursday nights at 6.30 p.m. 
we gather with other like-minded Christian brothers to discuss hard-hitting topics that affect men on a daily basis and use a biblical approach to overcome common strongholds that affect our families. We show men the importance of being the spiritual leader of their home and what it means to be a real man in the eyes of Christ. Join us at the Palace of Praise, located at 1400 Herschel Best Boulevard in Poplar Bluff, Missouri. We meet in room 400 every Thursday. Come be a part of the discussion.